Radio episode number 210, of course, brought to you by MegaWare Keelguard. Keelguard, proud partners of Bass Edge Radio since 2006. Be sure to visit them at keelguard.com. Well, Aaron, we are just over the halfway point here in 2015. We would be remiss if we didn't continue to let our listeners know Bass Edge Radio here because of our proud partners of Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Legend Boats, Mercury Outboards, Power Pole, Shallow Water Anchors, Lawrence Electronics, Rapaholic.com, and would never forget In Motion Wholesale Distributor and Sales. Folks, this is the reason we've got Bass Edge Radio, and it begins now. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Powerpole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Powerpole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Powerpole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Powerpole, swift, silent, secure. Visit Powerpole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Hard to believe it is June 15th. School's out, and I am sure you have done nothing but uh, lather up with some suntan oil and lay by the pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is the plan in the summertime. Although, uh, if I am by the pool and lathered up, it's because I'm testing new baits, not because I'm taking a dip. And I'm certainly not doing it in my speedo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as far as being out testing at new baits, uh, what's some of the go-to lures that you have tied on this time of year and where are you fishing at? You know, I am still trying to capitalize on some shallow water fish. I know it's late June and the water temperature's getting up, but there's several things I'm still looking for up shallow. One of those is topwater bites. Still going to be a good topwater bite going on right now. And there's a lot of things to look at in topwater. You say topwater, it sounds specific, but it's actually very broad. You know, earlier in the month, you know, I'm really having a lot of success on popping type bait in uh, late May and June. But now that we're kind of getting later June, I'm really covering a little bit more water. The fish are roaming. The bait fish are off the bank a little bit more. And so I'm really starting to use more sachet style baits. There's an awesome new lure that I'm loving right now from imalures.com and and that's the uh, skimmer grande it's a little bit bigger profile walk the dog style bait and uh, i love throwing that over long shallow points that have deep water close by because some of those fish are getting ready to get into those mid-summer haunts out there in a little bit more water but there's still a lot of fish up shallow especially early in the morning the second thing i'm looking for is any kind of cover on the bank that has deep water associated with it you know really looking for some 45 degree banks you know 
not something that's super flat where, let's say, a log is laying off the bank and it comes way out. But I'm looking for those pieces of wood, docks, you know, things that have deep water right on them. So there's 45 degree banks and uh, anything that, you know, again, I can flip a jig up under, maybe a plastic, run a little crankbait by. But, um, you know, I'm still trying to capitalize on that shallow water bite. How about you, Aaron? Are you kind of staying up top? What do you like going on? Well, certainly top water is just so much fun only because it's visual, it's exciting, and it's effective, like you mentioned. But, you know, I'm a little of the opposite. This is my time of year to where I really like to get away from the bank, you know, get out offshore, do some drop shotting, look for those schools of bait fish where you have high concentrations of fish. Because, you know, I really believe that when you get groupings, uh, and, and if you're a tournament angler, you know, this time of year, weights can typically go down versus your spring tournaments. And so I just feel that, you know, it's more of a percentage type fishing. And how I'm going to go after those in a drop shot scenario, you know, nose hooking a worm, nose hooking something that's going to resemble a bait fish. I know you and I got to spend some time together just nose hooking a a purple worm out on Table Rock out off some of those long points. And then if I'm not drop shotting, chances are I'm going to have a football jig tied on. I want to be dragging the bottom. I can fish that quick, a big one ounce with a big beaver trail, making long cast, covering a lot of water. And certainly I can't rule out, you know, throwing a spoon on the clear water lakes uh, out off those commercial docks. Again, just pitching it in there like you would a jig. Only difference is you're probably setting in about 50 to 60 feet of water, (laughs) you know, and and, uh, just jacking them there. Well, that's the great thing about this time of year is versatility. We talk a lot about fishing strengths. Springtime, a lot of the fish are going to be shallow. They're starting to move out deep. July, August, you're probably going to be more deep oriented, but this time of year, you can really be all over the map. So fish your strength. You're going to put a lot more fish in the boat when you have confidence that what you're doing is the best way to catch fish. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you can sometimes be on the leading edge of when they make that transition. And of course, that's all dictated by water temperature, photo period, length of the day, that type of thing. But speaking of versatility and strengths, I happen to see where 20 foot deep, which is a kind of a marquee spot that we did a few months back on uh, the first one, I think, believe was Mike Iconelli, that there's a new one out with a guy that I actually got to spend a little time with who is a phenomenal angler. And that's Steve Kennedy. Did you happen to get a chance to see that? I have 20 foot deep knowing Mr. Kennedy. It's been up for a few weeks now. You can check it out at 20FTDeep. Dot com. This segment is brought to you by the folks from BassEdge.com. And this particular interview is done by Matt Pragnack, who has been with Bass Edge for several, several years, ever since he graduated from University of Oklahoma. All you boomer sooners out there, you know, check out Matt's work and what he's done with uh, this interview with Steve Kennedy. You know, it really dives deep into uh, some of the sponsorship things that are really known for Steve Kennedy. And of course, he's one of the only anglers on the Elite Series and, and been there for several several years that kind of runs without much sponsor assistance and uh, he talks a little bit about that and how that has grown through his professional bass fishing career and why he takes that specific approach and uh, talks about you know Steve is very well known for short practices he's not out there daylight to dark like several other anglers are that are successful in the elite series and Steve has his own way and and kind of beats to his own drum and it's a really great interview very profound and in-depth obviously he's a huge Auburn fan uh, that's where Steve went to college, and he wears his orange Auburn hat everywhere. He talks about that and, and uh, takes a little deep, and actually part of the interview is done on the campus of Auburn University. So uh, a lot of fun there. If you can check that out, it's great. It is time for us to move into the Edge Pro Tip from ProtectTheHarvest.com. 
first by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. I'm pro angler Ben Parker, and you're dialed in with Fast Edge Radio. The Edge Pro Tip segment is brought to you by ProtectTheHarvest.com, keeping our traditions alive for future generations. Frog fishing with West Coast California Delta guru Chris Ball. Chris, what conditions and cover are appropriate for frog fishing? Well, the best conditions really are any time that you've got water that's between... 69 and 72 degrees. The fish seem to be a little bit more active when you get that water temperature. Of course, you don't want a lot of wind. The flatter, for lack of a better word, the flatter the water, the better. Like right now out here in California, we've got two different frog bites going on. We've got an open water bite. The coops are actually starting to hatch their babies, and they're coming out of the thick tulies, and these big largemouths are really going after those baby coops. So the open water frog bite's been really, really good on the lower tide level. On the higher tide levels, we're starting to throw into the moth. That moth actually acts like an insulator. It uh, keeps the water a little bit warmer, and as that water rises out here on the delta, it really gives those fish a real good opportunity to move around underneath those mats. And believe it or not, actually, the most of the fish that we're getting in the moth there, they're not eating out off the top. They're actually, every fish we catch has got crawdads in their throat, but they're underneath that mat, and uh, they're really really, really crushing that frog. We're not catching a lot of numbers, but the ones that we catch are really, really nice fish. They're anywhere from four to six pounds. That's the Edge Pro Tip from ProtectTheHarvest.com. Thanks, Chris. I'm sure that's going to put a lot more frog fish in Bass Edge Nation's boat. Two fishermen came together with one agenda, to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish. With our boat's exhilarating handling and smooth ride, extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat. We're building a legend. Legend Boats. I'm BASS Elite Pro Odd Depot, and you're listening to Bass Edge Radio with Aaron and Kurt. We have a New Yorker in the house today, folks. That's right. He's the only angler from New York on the BASS Elite Series and obviously much respected from the Northeast. Bass Edge Radio with a big old I love New York welcome to pro angler Joe Sancho. Great to have you on the show today, Joe. Hey, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, I'm not going to lie, Kurt, man. The way you say New Yorker, you might actually have been in New York a couple times, man. That was pretty cool. Thanks a lot. Hey, <laughs> hey, no question I've been there. One of the greatest bass fishing states there is, without a doubt. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that you guys have me. Kurt, you still have the tattoo of the Big Apple on your back shoulder back there? Is that right? I do, and, and I'm, I'm thinking of placing two whoa, whoa, on the whoa, front of my back, body. Back shoulder? <laughs> it's not a trans stamp, is it? <laughs> don't tell me it's a trans stamp, man. I don't want to hear that, man. <laughs> okay, okay. That might right be the sour apple, not the big apple, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
No, Joe, I got a chance to look at your bio, you know, and as Kurt mentioned, you are from New York, the Big Apple, and I'm not just talking about New York State in general, but you grew up downtown, New York City. How is a guy surrounded by all of that pavement really get a start in bass fishing? Yeah, I get that question a lot. What happened was, you know, I'm originally from Queens, New York, and then moved upstate to New York, and then moved back to Brooklyn, New York. So Brooklyn is where I spent most of my time, and uh, I don't know, you know, pretty much nobody my family fishes. I just got the bug. I can't tell you where, why, how. I just love to go fishing. Back then, I, I used to have what they call a little pocket fisherman. And if there was a pond, a puddle, a sewer, I was there casting into it, you know, trying to catch something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember those pocket fishermen. Wasn't that deal like one of those uh, things that you pull apart? kind of looks like a, a switchblade or something. But oh, like... <laughs> yeah, dude. It was handy. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, whew! pull that thing out in a nifty man and just go fishing you know that was my whole deal you know I, like I said I don't know how I got the bug I definitely had it when I was in high school we were in upstate New York and you know everybody I love to play sports football baseball basketball obviously but uh I would go fishing. Everybody else would be playing football, playing baseball, be playing basketball, and I'd be fishing. So I just got the bug. You know, I joined a club when I was real young, 15 years old, and that's another great one. We wound up going to a, a local club and asking them, you know, if we can join and stuff like that. And to lie, <laughs> you had to be 16. Right. I went out in New York State. You don't have to have a fishing license until you're 16 years old. So I lied about it, went out and bought a fishing license just so I could fish. So that was the beginning of it all. So it's, uh, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, and you grew up in a club that became very prominent along with yourself, several other guys that uh, you started club fishing with and become very successful in the fishing industry. Yeah, the club was called Black Rock Bass Busters. They're out of Newburgh, New York. And uh, one of the great things about it is the guy that was the president at the time. I call him now my Uncle Frank. That's how close I became to him. You know, at the time, bass fishing was guys fishing on Sunday. After they were done with the tournament, they went to the bar, hung out, got drunk, and went home, you know? That's the way it was. So uh, Has it changed any now? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't want kids hanging around. That was oh, all okay. Good. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> So um, they had a vote, and a bunch of guys were like, hey, listen, this is going to crimp our style, I guess, you know, having kids hanging around. And the president, my Uncle Frank, stood up and said, these kids could be doing a lot worse than wanting to go fishing. So if we don't accept them in the club, this club no longer exists. And the rest is history, man. So it took somebody great like that to stand up to uh, give me an opportunity. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. Weekend anglers sometimes think just because that we're fishing the Elite Series that, that all we do is fish. Joe, you've got a really interesting story there, how you've made kind of this bass fishing dream and, and fishing the tour reality. You turn your previous everyday job into a partnership. Can you elaborate on that for our listeners? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm very fortunate. I work for the IBW, which is the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers in New York City, which is Local 3. That's our local local. And I'm an electrician in New York City in a high rise every day. Every time we get a couple weeks off, I fly back and go back to work. Literally. I'm back on the job site with the guys hanging out. So what happened was when I qualified for the Opens, thinking about how I was going to raise some of the funds to participate in this because it's big bucks, as everybody knows, I reached out to my union and I reached out to a man named Mr. Erickson, Christopher Erickson, that's our business agent, and I told him my story. I told him, hey, you know, this is a dream come true and I would love to have the IBW, NECA, that's the National Electrical Contractors Association, Local 3, 
as a sponsor. And then they turned around and sponsored the whole nine yards. So I am extremely fortunate to do it that way. You know, you guys in the weekend anglers, you have the same type of opportunity. You have employees and stuff like that. And it's a form of advertising. They get the name out there. They get the logo out there. People realize it. I mean, at all these tournaments, I have union guys, even if they're not in the electrical union, engineers, steam fitters, plumbers, they all come up to me and say, man, that is awesome that the union label is portrayed out there. Very fortunate enough to be working with the IBW and they are, you know, 100% behind me. So that's a good deal on my part. Very interesting. And, and I think you said it best, Joe. It's a partnership. The benefit of being able to take fellow union members, even get them in the boat or exposed to fishing that may not otherwise be exposed. What an outlet. And uh, certainly, you know, hats off to you for making that happen. Yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity. And everybody loves the fish. And, you know, when they see the union label out there, they realize that they have part of it. They feel themselves that they're part of something that's bigger. And that's what the whole goal is. That's awesome. I want Bass Edge listeners to really understand where you're at and uh, what you do to make your dream come true. I mean, I've been watching you for years. Who can really forget a guy with your signature goatee? (laughs) You're a much better angler than really your elite stats are currently revealing. You know, looking at the fact that, you know, you're not having as much success maybe that you're accustomed to on this level. What can you attribute that to and what lessons can you provide our listeners that might help them get on the right track moving, say, from the club level to the opens array of acts or maybe even someday doing as you did, you know, moving from the AAA events to the tour level events as you've done. Yeah, you know, it's a big jump. A lot of guys don't realize how big of a jump it is. I mean, these guys are the best in the world and they're best for a reason. You know, like you said, you like to do better. You know, I've had past success and you like to try to feed off of what your past history is and what you like to do and stuff like that. One of the biggest lessons I learned is this trail is definitely a sight fishing trail. I mean, yeah. and Kurt, you know for a fact, there's, I can't say how many lakes out of the year that you got to be looking at fish. And coming from the Northeast, that's a little bit different than what I'm accustomed to. The tournament trails don't start up here until probably May, June, you know. Obviously, there's some sight fishing, but the sight fishing in the Northeast happens quick. Fish come up, boom, they're done, bam, boom, it's over. In the South, the Florida strain, they take months, and that's something I have to get accustomed to, and I have to get used to. So I'm learning all that again. You know, it's a huge learning curve. Everybody thinks that, you know, you can just step up there and do what you got to do. It's easier said than done. But uh, hey, I'm enjoying it. The guys on the trail are unbelievable. The way I put it is, you know, I used to play chess. And chess is a great game until you play time chess. And now when you get that little clock clicking... It changes everything. And that's what this game is. We only have two and a half days of practice and sometimes only two days. That puts everything into perspective. You have to keep moving faster than what you're accustomed to, moving, adjusting, making that adjustment, and uh, trying to figure out the puzzle a lot faster than what I was used to. Well, Joe, when you talk about, you know, you bring up a lot of good points there in reference to the Opens or the Rayovac or really, you know, translating that to just weekend anglers anytime they step up maybe from a club to a BFL or something like that. With that comment, an added layer of pressure. You have dealt with your attitude, staying positive, obviously has forced you to kind of change your fishing style. If you were to grade yourself, do you think that it's had to improve as a result of that? Oh, no doubt about it. I've definitely gotten better. My attitude's gotten better. First of all, you have to be a positive person. If you're going to take something negative and let it bother you, you'll always be negative. So I'm very positive. You know, I can finish dead last and I'll be like, okay, I took from this tournament. I missed this. I missed that. I didn't do this. I didn't do that and you just take that you put that in the memory bank and you go you know next time we come here 
<laughs> I'm going to know what to look for. You know, and, and I'll give you a perfect example is a shad spawn. You know, we went to a couple lakes last year where a shad spawn, the first hour, two hours in the morning was huge. Now, we've all heard about the shad spawn, but until you actually fish a shad spawn, it's something different, you know, and where they spawn. Everybody thinks they spawn around bridge pilings, docks. That's not the case. They all spawn out in the middle of a weed bed. And you, you learn these little tricks and you learn to look for this stuff. And once you can adapt to all that, that's when your game starts getting better. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you hear a lot of times a cliche that they say a bass is a bass is a bass. And, you know, I've learned it and, and you're seeing that. And what you realize is that all over the country, really bass are a lot different. You know, they do a lot of the same things and they act the same and they feed on crawfish and bluegill and threadfin shad and, and all these types of things. But the way that they react on different impoundments and in different parts of the country are very diverse. And, and until you actually see and understand some of those things, and even for me, sometimes multiple times, you know, just because I go to one impoundment and see something and, and try and learn from it, that learning process might take a couple of events, unfortunately. But that's kind of part of the deal. It really shows the level of experience and the level of professionalism that the, all the elite series anglers have. Because certainly when we go up to the Northeast, I know for a fact that Joe is going to put the whooping on some guys up there because he's seen those changes and those attitudes of the fish that live in that region of the country. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, watching you continuing through the rest of the events this year, Joe, and, and seeing how that whole thing really turns around. But most importantly, I know that we're digging super deep right now, and I really appreciate your candid responses. Let's digest this during the short break. We're going to return right after this message for our Bass Edge Radio partners. Stay tuned. Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stick around, and later in the show, you just might hear some Bass Edge bloopers. I know it's hard to believe, but Aaron and Kurt make a mistake once in a while. Okay, well, it happens a lot, actually. Back to the show. You're listening to Bass Edge. Bass Edge Radio, presented by Megaware Keelguard, returns with BASS Elite Pro Joe Sancho in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. From real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements, visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Joe, as we referenced a little bit earlier, you've had a ton of success at the AAA level. You grew up fishing the tidal Hudson River up around New York and New York City, where you come from, a very fun, diverse fishery. I remember you had a top 15 just a short couple years ago on the title, James, when you were working your way to qualify for the Elite Series. How is it you tend to attack these shallow fisheries as we begin to approach the heat of summer here in Lake Joan? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit of a change uh, when I have to look at the fish. That's a big change. So um, my tactic is, and you know, we've talked about it, I love to throw a jig. I love to throw a jig shallow. I love to throw a jig where the fish should be living in the summertime, those ambush points, those points where they live. So I'm looking forward to it, changing the whole nine yards. We're coming to the northeast, a little bit of home for me, so I'm definitely uh, pretty psyched about it. Well, you know, you speak of throwing a jig shallow, and, and certainly there's nothing better than getting on a shallow bite. But I also know you share a liking that in the summertime that I love to do, and, and that's really going out 
after largemouth and smallmouth in some of those deep waters. And as you begin to look for those transitions and bass moving to their summer patterns, what exactly are you looking for in the summer? Yeah, see, I wasn't going to talk about that. These guys are listening. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's, a only, it's between friends, just the three of us, I promise. Okay, cool. There's some, nobody, all right. That's cool then. No, I definitely love the drop shot in some super deep water. You know, here in New York, we have lakes that, I mean, I've caught fish as deep as 98 feet. And I know that sounds crazy, but, um, you know, I once fished a tournament on, uh, I think it was Lake George. And guy told me, he says, oh, you can't catch fish that deep. And I just smoked them that deep. So I love to drop shot in deep water. I like to break it down to a flat. You have a river bend, you have a flat off of it. Fish love flats, whether it's in two inches of water or 50 feet of water. And they love to cruise those flats. That's what some of these smallmouth fisheries, that's what these fish do. They get up on the flat, they just cruise around looking for the easy meal, and that's where the drop shot comes in. You know, you just drift up and down the flat, they come in, I call them wolf packs. You'll be fishing there and you'll start feeling, you know, you may catch one or two perch or something like that, then all of a sudden, bam, a nice four pound smallmouth. And that's the wolf pack that's coming in, chasing that bait fish, breaking them up to eat, have an easy meal, and then go out. So, yeah, I look forward to some of that stuff. That's really fun fishing. So, yeah, I definitely like to drop shot in some deep water. That's, well, that's and I'm going I'm to go back to what you said earlier. You know, if, if you don't reveal the good stuff, Kurt will call you out on it. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just <laughs> wow. warning you. Yeah. Kurt's a tough one, man. Yeah. you got to watch him. He'll strong arm you or something like that. Well, i tell you what. I want to strong arm it right now. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's talk about your drop shot setup and what kind of yep. baits you find that you have the most success with. Okay. Everybody asks me the depth of the leader. When I say the leader, I'm talking about from the drop shot weight to the hook. And I know this is going to sound silly, but I take my my hand from my end of my pinky to the end of my thumb. I I take that measurement, and that's the shallow water. About the length of your goatee, pretty much. About the length of my goatee, exactly. (laughs) One is shallow water, two is deeper water. And I've just done that. I've always had success with that simple measurement, kind of keep it simple, stupid, you know, and a kiss thing. That always works. Obviously, if it's a little bit deeper I'll, I'll make a leader longer the one bait that is absolute you need to have in your boat i don't care what anybody says it's called the rain's bubbling shaker that thing is crack cocaine for smallmouth. Mm. I mean, it is just unbelievable. I can't tell you how much money I've made on that bait, how much fish I've caught on it. They just tear it up. If you see the bait, it's got on the end of it, it's got this little point. That thing is constantly moving. And I just nose hook it, drop it down there, shake it a couple times, and the rod just loads up. Yeah, that's the one bait that I don't care where I'm at. It's on my line because that's how good it is. Well, it's going to be on my line for Table Rock here in about uh, two hours. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Joe, you hear a lot of a lot of different approaches to, uh, you know, the rigging of, of a drop shot. You kind, we kind of talked a little bit about the length of the leader and, and how you like to set that up. What about your line? You know, you hear two different trains of thought. You know, you fish, obviously, super deep at times, you know, catching fish out of 90-plus foot of water. Are you the braid to floral leader guy or are you? straight fluoro what's your thought process on that and whatever that thought process is why do you think it works best for you that particular way i've tried it all i've tried straight floral the whole reel what i currently use now is i have all backing is 
high seas braided line to a high seas fluorocarbon leader. I tie this funky knot there. I don't even know the double Alberto, I think it's called or something like that. That's how I tie it to the leader, to the braid. I just like it for a couple reasons. The less stretch you have, the better off you have. So obviously the fluorocarbon doesn't stretch that much and the braid doesn't stretch. So in that deeper water, when you really get that bite, you don't have to sit there and jerk up. It's more of a kind of pulling up on the fish and it sets the hook itself. The other reason is line twist. You know, if you're throwing drop shot, you're going to get tons of line twist. This setup, I can change it in the boat within three minutes. I'll have like 25, 30 yards of fluorocarbon on, just rip that off, tie a new knot on, tie a new drop shot, put the weight on, and go right back at it. So that's been my go-to setup right there. Seems to work for me. Like I said, it gets rid of the line twist. I can change it every day. I'm not changing a whole spool of fluorocarbon. It's just 30 yards of that stuff. I'm normally drop shotting 10, 8, and 6-pound high seas fluorocarbon. So that's my go-to rig right there. Gotcha, makes a lot of sense. Joe, it is time for the O'Reilly Auto Parts Better Parts, Better Prices Every Day listener question segment. Don't know if you knew this, but every episode, we give away a $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card to a listener question. This episode, we have a question from Phil out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nice. Yeah, right up your alley. Phil asks... My home lake is all grass and seaweed bottom. Hard to bounce anything off the bottom without getting a blob of snot grass. Any tips on how to combat this and best baits to throw? Yeah, um, I'm assuming it's more like a pond than a lake that he's saying that we can't use something like a jerk bait that's floating because there's so much grass. So what I would personally tie on is a super fluke. Straight on, no weight. You can fish it on top of the grass. You can twitch it, let it go down a little bit. And as soon as it disappears, you know, I throw the white, maybe white with a little chartreuse tail. And as soon as it disappears, man, you need to be sent the hook. That's a go-to bait for me in, in those lakes. You know, you don't have to fish it on the bottom, so you don't get that snot or whatever. So you can toss it out there, twitch it along, and, and you can literally fish it from the top down to six, eight feet, no problem. So that's what I'd be tying off, Phil. Check it out, see if you can't catch a couple. Sometimes those weightless flukes like that, Joe, they can be a little difficult to cast if you have much wind or if you're trying to fish on a crosswind, you get that big bow in your line. Any tips on what size of line is best to throw that on and what kind of a rig that you need set up, like action abroad, that type of thing? I'm throwing that basically on a spinning rod and the same type of deal braid to a floral leader. You know, a braid could be 30-pound test and the floral leader is probably 10-pound test. You can put a weight on it, a super light, like a 30-second ounce weight, nose peg on, on the front of it if it's really windy just so you can fish it effectively. If it's not, um, with the spinning reel, you can pretty much whip it pretty good out there. You can skip it. You can do a lot of it. And because of the of the braid and stuff, you can really fish it in some conditions that you normally wouldn't fish spinning rigs in because that braid will cut through the grass and stuff like that. So that's pretty much my whole setup. Well, Joe, great tips there. And Phil, hey, thanks for sending in your question and congratulations for having it chosen to be on the show. Remember to send us an email letting us know you heard it answered by Joe Sancho here. And we will send you a $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And Bass Edge Nation continues sending in those O'Reilly Auto Parts listeners questions to our email address support at bassedge.com or post them on our facebook page or bass edge twitter feed hey joe you know i just wanted to uh, recollect a little bit aaron and i were chatting a little bit before we started discussions today and uh, i told him that you were hanging out with the guys from sesquahanna tackle he said he's met those guys up in yeah good before. Yeah. great great guys man great guys yeah 
George and Mike are really super great guys. You know, they had sponsored me in the past, and this year we kind of stepped it up a little bit. So they're a major sponsor of mine. They're really great guys. I mean, if anybody's ordered from them, they get your package in a couple days. They're fishermen. So when you call them up and say, I need the Purple Creepy Crawler, if they don't have the Purple Creepy Crawler, they know what is the next best thing, or they will get it for you. So, you know, talking to somebody that's knowledgeable about fishing, it's like nights and days, man. I've called these other places up and, well, if you don't have this, what do you have? Oh, let me look at the computer. There's no, oh, let me look at the computer with these guys. Oh, you don't have, have you tried this? Boom, and they'll send it to you. And if you don't like it, you send it back to them. But I guarantee you, whatever they send you, we'll catch fish. Well, that's awesome news, and, and uh, glad that uh, we all have something in common there. Um, I've known uh, Mike and George for many years as well. Matter of fact, I remember back in the day when Mike was raising that big co-angler trophy back there on Potomac River at a uh, BASS event. Uh, always good times and good to uh, reflect on some fond memories. But, Joe, I appreciate you hanging out with us today on the airwaves. You got any closing thoughts for our listeners? Yes. Just real quick, uh, just to touch with the Susquehanna Tackle. If you guys do call them, mention my name. They'll give you a discount on some products definitely just say hey i heard from joe sancho he told me to give you guys a call and uh, they'll give you like 10 percent off on your first order so well, there you go definitely. saving us saving us money always appreciate that because kurt cost me a lot of money most of the time oh he eats it up don't he yeah he does <laughs> joe, so, hey joe it is it has been a blast just want to wish you good luck in the remaining elite events and certainly we'll be looking for you at the top of that leaderboard i feel good things are definitely coming your way hey bass edge nation stay right here We will be right back with more Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. I tell you what, Aaron, really fun talking with Joe Sancho. I've gotten to know him through a friend of mine, Dave Mansu, and uh, they grew up fishing in the same club up in the Northeast. And Joe actually very good friends with Michael Iconelli. They grew up fishing together, kind of, you know, doing the club thing long before the Ike that everybody knows now. And the guy has a heart of gold. He's got a great look. You know, he's a guy that you look at and, and you see and you meet and, and you're not going to forget him. I really hope that he's able to uh, turn this up on the Elite Series and make it a long career for himself. Interesting how he's set his work environment up that he can achieve his goal in fishing. I think there's so many times that people wonder, well, how can a guy kind of crack this tour nut? You know, because it, it is financially a huge step up. You know, you're talking about spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, and it's really cool how Joe was able to turn his work environment into a partnership and be able to achieve his dreams. Yeah, no question. You know, you bring up his look and certain 
certainly we gave him a little trouble there. But look at his <laughs> picture. I mean, you know, you and I talked about it before we got him on the air that, you know, anybody that can sport that type of a look, he's pretty confident. And the interesting thing is it's a matter of time because his attitude, I believe, of going and looking at the first year and all the lessons that he has learned, he's not viewing that as and beating himself up and killing himself mentally. He's actually turning that into something and making notes that I guarantee the next time you guys visit those lakes, he's going to be a force to reckon with. Yeah, there's no question. Often talk about the mental and positive feel that you've got to have as an individual to be successful in this sport. You know, I see it on guide trips all the time. Just had a guide trip the other day, how we talked about how important that is to put in fish in your boat. Joe's got that dialed in. He's going to do it. I look for him to really set it on fire here in the latter part of 2015. Yeah, certainly. Best of luck. Really appreciate him being with us today. And also appreciate you, the listener, tuning in and continuing to make Bass Edge Radio the number one podcast most downloaded on iTunes. Unfortunately, we are out of time for Kurt Dove. I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. We will see you next month right here on Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Welcome back to more Bass Edge Radio, episode number 210. Hitting it up on the mic. <laughs> That's <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge, brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. <laughs>